you have just been invaded by. Hey there, guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room, and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co host, Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. So here we are with Slopescast and uh, massive thanks to Grizzly yet again for compiling these awesome suggestions which have been posted by our awesome Discord members. Uh, these are the four topics we're going to be chatting about today, starting with the uh, state of play and state being the main word because that was not that enjoyable if you ask me. Um, yeah, mm. the state of this more like. Hey, I see what you did there. I see what you did. <laughs> so for people that are actually watching this live, I've got the PlayStation blog open, but we will go through each thing that they showed off in this state of play. Um, but uh, what I will say before we go in is I, I, I expected more from Sony considering they didn't come along to E3. And I understand, you know, E3 is very much a, a nostalgic memory that people like me like to hang on to. But the big game companies, you know, Nintendo, um, uh, Microsoft, and even people like Ubisoft and all that had all shown off the best of what they had to offer. Um, notice I didn't mention uh, <laughs> um, Capcom. Um, yeah. Uh, and I just feel like Sony could have brought something a little bit beefier to the table. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't. There were a couple of nuggets in the rough, though. A couple of diamonds in the rough, as they say in uh, the incredible Aladdin movie, but uh, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, something to something to preface all of this. Apparently, uh, just before they went live with the state of play, they did mention that it's going to be indie focused. So I suppose there are some, uh, you know, expectations to temper, but that doesn't explain. Let's go into the full detail on this one because it's uh, it doesn't explain it because, as you'll see, yeah, some of these games are very much not indie. indie. Yeah. Yeah, but the first uh, game they did show off, which was a big surprise for me and a welcome surprise, one of the uh, definite highlights, one of two highlights for me, if I'm honest, <laughs> Moss Book Two. Now I have played, and I'm really struggling to think if I completed it, so I think it's time to to open it up again. Uh, Moss is a, um, a sort of 3D platformer that you actually play from the perspective of uh, an, an overhead god-looking character um, in VR. So you're, it's something that I've always wanted them to do more with, with VR. Why in VR do you have to be in the driver's seat with uh, like an OutRun or, or a Forza game? Why can't you still play it the same way you play it on a screen, um, looking down at the character or the, the vehicle, whatever the, the gameplay may be, but in a VR world? So around you, you've got the whole landscape, but you're still playing a typical good 3D platformer or driving game, whatever it may be, and that's what you do in this game. Moss is a good typical 3D platform game. Um, and yeah, it, it's done really well. It's done very, very well. And uh, I enjoyed my time with the first one, so I'm very happy to say that they've got another one coming. Hmm. Yeah, it looks all right, doesn't it? Um, the, the first, I didn't know 
like the whether the, how good the first one was. Uh, never really got into this. It kind of looked a bit like I don't know something like out of American Tale or something. But I get that people really like the original Moss. I just didn't feel like it was the way you wanted to lead a uh, presentation from PlayStation. You know, like the E3 replacement thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. At least it wasn't there Call of Duty. There's my original copy of the first Moss and. Uh... Five out of five, ninety-five percent, nine out of ten, best VR game, best VR game from all these different um awards it got. So um yeah, nothing but a good thing. Nothing but a good thing. Awesome, awesome stuff. <laughs> they they misspelled mouse. There you are. This was followed by probably the worst named game I've ever come across. Um if you uh give a bunch of execs in a boardroom, what should we call our game? Kids like arcades? Mageddon, Arcade Mageddon, and that's uh, what we got. It's Fortnite with characters that look like they're from a forgettable DreamWorks movie. Um, yeah, I thought Arcade Mageddon is what happened down in Bournemouth when they realised they make more money out of one-armed bandits. Um, this, this just, yeah, it just looks like a generic Fortnite thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably it's probably being really unfair because a lot of things look like generic Fortnite things, but you know, with varying degrees of quality. But I don't know. It's just, I don't see anything special here. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there, uh, what am I saying? I'm sure there is definitely, definitely an audience for this. Um, hopefully for that audience, this is uh, a, a big change up. It does look like there's actually quite a lot going on in the game, in all fairness. I think that, I think the name is, <laughs> there has got to be a YouTube channel with the name Arcade Geddon. Um, it doesn't even roll off the tongue. It's such a weird thing. Uh, but yeah, it, it's um, generic as all hell. Um, I suppose it's needed, though. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, not a bad one, but it's not for me. I've got a theory. I think it was named um, by that pineapple pen guy. I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's just, he's got a pen. He's got an... I, I'm, no, no, I'm not going there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like you're talking about <laughs> pineapple pen. I, I I can't do an impression. I wish I knew it better so I could impersonate it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Very good, very good. But um yeah, yeah, okay. Fair enough. That was followed by a game I couldn't care less about called Tribes of Midgard. Uh again, I know this is just me, but it's a uh, sort of a top downy uh I'm just reading it now. Action RPG. Um Launches on the 27th of July, if you're interested. Um, cooperative. Um, please take over. I'm so bored. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... it. Remember Diablo? It's that, but with a cel-shaded art style. Um, and it's made by an indie developer who, I, I don't know, probably makes good games. It's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, if, if if anyone's watching along and sensing a theme, there you are. <laughs> Thank you for the raid there, Emmy. Uh, moving on to Fist. Now, we've just uh, got right here the second of uh, the two games I liked from this. However, I am cautious, cautiously, op- op- cautiously optimistic. Yeah, this is Xenoclash, isn't it? <laughs> it's. It looks good, but at the same time, it looks like it could be clunky as hell and not enjoyable to control. Um, and I'm hoping it's not that because it actually does look quite nice. 
um um yeah it's a 2.5d brawlery uh platformy game puzzle platform game i suppose um i suppose it's quite similar to um shank in a sense and it's got a few different art styles where it looks like it almost turns a little bit r-type-y but very very light and i like that a game uh, i very much like called rive did a similar thing and um that's like one of my favorite indie games ever so i'm excited to see where this one comes from i think it's got a hilarious name Yes, which actually stands for something. If I go to the end of the trailer, it's uh, forged in shadow uh, torch. <laughs> why doesn't even that'll make fist? That'll make fist. Why don't, uh, and the why don't they just call it shrug? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, no, I'm 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 optimis- optimistically excited for that one. I think it generally looks not too shabby. Uh, I'm quite excited to see how that one goes. How that one plays out. So good one for that one, PlayStation. That was followed by another game called Hunter's Arena. Um, it's a leap into 30-player melee matches when Hunter's Arena joins PlayStation Plus in August the 3rd. This combat and system overview can be the edge you need on launch day. Um, a big melee uh, Battle Royale-esque game with fantasy characters. That's up your street. There's a game coming out for that. And uh, I remember them talking about this for a really long time. It really went on. It dragged. Uh, yeah, this is like, um, I don't know. I think they're doing the whole MOBA thing. Uh, it's very typically what you would see for like a Chinese made, um, almost like mobile game kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, in the trailers. And then you get Ray, Ray Shadow Legends. When I you... say it's even Legends in the title. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, yeah, very generic. It looks nice, but then again, they always do before you play. So, um, yeah, it looks insanely generic and at the same time, uh, pretty. So, there we go. There's that. Yeah, here's one that I am quite interested about Sifu, Saifu, but it definitely looks very clunky. Fight, fall, fight again in the, la- in the latest look at Slow Claps Kung Fu beat em up. Each time the hero gets KO'd, he does rise again, but ages each time. Excited to learn more as we close in on the game's 2022 release. Well, we're definitely not closing in on anything with that. But yeah, it's a brawler-esque game that a a part of me thinks it's going to be a little bit like um, a Streets of Ragey type game. But uh, every time you die, you get older. And I don't understand what the reasoning behind that would be because surely you would just get worse it it kind of looks like it's doing this whole rogue legacy thing uh where when you die something takes your place whether that would be um whether that be like a younger version of you or in this case you just get a bit older um it's an interesting approach i quite like the look of this one actually um being like a a scrolling beat em up of some kind um it just yeah. My third person, I suppose, is a bit like Yakuza in that sense. Like, you know, it's over-the-shoulder-esque fighting. But, um, yeah. yeah. It's an interesting way to do a life mechanic. Yeah, but, yeah, I just... Maybe you, you become a better gamer, a, a better fighter as you get older. Maybe that's the approach they're going for. I can only imagine that's the case. Yeah, yeah, but surely, like, once you get to, like, 99 lives, you're like, I don't know. I don't think you're going to be as effective. Yeah, you're going to be like that guy, um, the old bloke in Tekken 3 that just lays on the floor and gets drunk. That's it, yeah. It's a really, really strange approach. Um, 
and I'm not sure how it's going to go. What I will say is I love the combat in uh, something like um, uh, Bat uh, Batman Arkham games. And if it's like that, but you're basic in a sort of Metroid style thing where you've got almost no abilities to begin with, but as you get beaten up, you get a bit more powerful and a bit more powerful. Mm. Maybe that's the approach they're going for. And as I explain that, that sounds quite cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm into this one. But uh, at the same time, that is that definitely does sound like a mode in a much bigger game. Yeah. The, you know, you've got this, this Streets of Rage DLC coming out. You know, it seems like the DLC is the whole game. But again, it's an indie game. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. It's interesting. I'm not definitely not writing that one off yet. Uh, like I am Jet the Far Shore. Fortfall exploration and inquisite atmosphere make this adventure stand out. Learn more about the game's laid-back approach in this new state of play trailer. Um, no Man's Skies, the guy, uh, the game that comes to mind, and I'm sure it has with everybody, but a lot less fun. It seems uh, a bit like flower to me in a lot of the gameplay because it's yeah, got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really get what you're supposed to do. Um, no, I don't know. It. it I don't know. I'm sure it's going to be an indie darling of some kind. Um, it looks like it's quite pretty. And and in all honesty, uh, you know, sometimes when you're looking at something, like, I don't understand how to play this. And I remember looking at Flower and like, I don't even know what this is. This is so weird. But it, it turned out to be a good game. And the, the, yeah, the, 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 uh, you know, the, the, the originators of stuff like Journey. Um, so there may be a good game here. It's just, unfortunately for PlayStation and the team behind it, this is not... Um, uh, an easy game to show off what you can even do, like where the enjoyment is in a game like this. Um, I can tell you right now, it's definitely not a game I'm probably going to play. It looks like it's going to be a complete time soaker. Uh, it's going to suck up all your time. But And I haven't got time to play a game like this. <laughs> it doesn't look up my street, if I'm honest. But uh, hey, you know, fair play for people trying new things. Um, Might turn out to be a banger. We don't know. We'd just have to wait and see. <laughs> So there's that. Uh, up next, you had Demon Slayer. This is where one of Sega's um, uh, games are brought to it. So see Tanjiro and Su Suzami Mansion uh, episode in the latest look at An Anplex's upcoming anime adventure. The popular series comes to PS4 October 15th. Um, <laughs> this ain't up my street. <laughs> I feel like I need to, I need to get my Fiasaurus out to uh, find better ways of saying that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't really get what's going on. Um, I'm assuming it's from something bigger. Uh, I'm getting the impression that it's actually part of uh, an anime series. But with that in mind, and if that is the case, then I am doubly not sure whether I'd like this at all. It, it's... The, the fighting mechanic part of the game looks quite good, but I've just got a big worry that there's going to be 30 minutes of cutscenes in between those fights. Um, it kind of just looks like a boss rush game potentially, um, and you know, hey, if they, if if uh, the, the company, uh, obviously Sega were publishing it, but the company that actually put it out actually put in some uh, uh, really really clever ways of actually fighting, that may be a really cool way to. It may be a cool fun game. It kind of reminds me a bit of this. Uh, if if anybody remembers Azura's Wrath um, on the Xbox yeah, 360. Yeah, yeah. Although it looks like you have a degree of more control in this. It's just very cinematic. It's got those, you know, like cool anime style, like fight scenes down by the looks of it. But I don't know. I, I know nothing about the anime series it's from. And it's just, I, I, I don't see why I would buy it. Yeah. 
no, absolutely. Unlike La Lost Judgment. I yes. I've written last in every, all of the promo for tonight. Well, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, Lost Judgment, the follow-up to Judgment, would you believe? Um, yeah, a little bit more of a show on that. And this is how you do it. Um, yes, if you've already got a game that's announced, and yes, you've already shown it off, and you, you know, you want to show it off again for two minutes, then go for it. You know, that's not paining anybody. If there's people out there that are not interested in lost judgment, they haven't really got to wait two minutes. Unlike one of the later ones we'll talk about in a moment. But yeah, this <laughs> genuinely looks good. I've um uh, uh I'm still to really get into the Yakuza games, and I know I will, and this is obviously a spin-off to the Yakuza games for people that don't know. Um this this trailer was very much just showing off the the, the crazy amount of stuff that's in the game. Um, the, the, the fact there's like a Tony Hawk a skateboardy type mode, there's like a DDR type mode, and that's the the, the the brilliance of this series. And I really want to try and get into Yakuza more because um, uh, the, 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 these these Judgment games also look utterly fantastic. So anyone out there that's into to, to Lost Judgment and the Yakuza series, you should only be nothing but excited yeah. for this. Um, yeah, and the the, the Lost Judge, uh, Judgment series is the last bastion for me because um, I haven't played many Yakuza games. I'm very much like Dan. I haven't played Judgment yet, but um, from what I understand is that Yakuza has gone turn-based uh, for, for its action and for every preceding game will be um a turn-based action game and to me i'm not a fan of that i i want i love the like streets of rage style brawling action yeah you know i want that and judgment and lost judgment looks to be the last bastion of that when it comes to the, the yakuza style things and we're talking another thing that really got me when i played yakuza zero was just how good the actual drama was yeah the the trailer the fa uh, focuses on all of the crazy moments like you know grabbing a bicycle and wrapping it around someone's head or the um you know crazy animals that come to help you during a fight but in reality, it's got some of the finest uh, like Japanese drama you can find in the series. Mm -hmm. The rest is just, I don't know, it's its window dressing compared to what you actually find within. So I, I can't wait to see Lost Judgment. And uh, I'm hoping there'll be some sort of box set so I can finally dive in like I should have done. Yeah, yeah, you know there will be. You know there will be. And um, that retro video gamer says, Dan, you really need to be uh, need to start looking at the other side of the fence soon. The grass is greener and all that. As in, he's I, I, saying I need to play these Yakuza games. I've only actually played Yakuza 0 because I thought, you know, uh, even though that's technically a prequel, so obviously it didn't come out first. Um, I thought I'd start there. The problem is I streamed it for about two and a half hours when I played that a year, a year or so ago. And almost no gameplay but it was just so many cutscenes and if anyone knows me cutscenes are my kryptonite i will just it makes me not want to play a game and they just keep going on i'm like please let me play the game yeah i start looking at other things and i start browsing on my phones because i just stop losing interest yeah that's my uh, that's my biggest bugbear with yakuza is that you actually there's like three levels of cutscenes so you got the really good cgi cinematic which are all beautifully voice acted then you've got the um the standing in the street tapping x to wait for text to move on and you just find yourself going really i do not have time for this i just want to click i just want to get to the next thing i want the next cgi cutscene. and and this is, this is just mine and yours opinion we obviously the the yakuza series are heavily loved so we need to mm. we need to get past that barrier me and you 
We, we do, yeah. Yakuza, Absolutely, uh, been... yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, good going. It wasn't a long, it didn't take up a lot of time, and it showed some really nice stuff for a game that is a game series that is majorly loved, just not too much by me and Grizzly. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. Good job for that one. Next yeah. up, you had Death Stranding, the director's cut. And I do not understand this. Before we go ahead, thank you so much, Quang. For raiding with 10 people, very much appreciated. Hello, everybody that has just joined. We are um, doing our weekly podcast where we talk about all the latest gaming news. Try and aim that a little bit towards retro if we can. Um, and we're near the end of chatting about the PlayStation State of Play reveals that they recently uh, uh, showcased uh, earlier on last week. And uh, last Thursday. We just got to the point where basically, yes, we'll carry on from here. Death Stranding Director's Cut. Now, I don't know mm. about you, Grizzly, but yeah. why are we getting a Director's Cut from a game that's... Uh, is, is, it, is it even a year old? Uh, I think it's just about a year old, um, but I, I I don't really know what to... like. Do, do people like this game? I seem to remember that when this game came out, people were all really excited because it's the next Hideo Kojima thing. It's been long, long hyped. And then people realized it was just a really ultra long walking simulator. Um, Michael Towns, he liked it. It's very relaxing. It, it was very much like if there was ever going to be a Marmite game for people that don't understand that terminology, love or hate, I think this is going to be up there. Yeah. Um, I just don't get it. You know, I, I really wanted to play the first Hideo Kojima game from a lo- in a long time that wasn't a Metal Gear Solid stealth type thing. Mm-hmm. And then he came out with this, which was it's not really stealth so he you know he ticked that box but it just turned into this like really long ambling nothing that you know it's really disappointing in that in that regard i mean it looks stunning it always looks stunning but if there's nothing in it there's you know there's really nothing to see i mean yeah i mean there's people out there that like it and i've just looked up it's actually a year and a half old but um regardless for a game that came out near the end of the PlayStation 4's life before, well, as in before the PlayStation 5 came out in that regard, obviously we're not at the end of the PlayStation 4's life yet. We're already seeing a new game. And I suppose it kind of happened with the PlayStation 4's launch where we got a Last of Us, even though that wasn't exactly an early title in the PlayStation 3's life. Um, I just, I mean, obviously they're not calling it remaster and they're, oh, there we go, remastered for PlayStation 5. Yes, they are. Woo! I didn't. I missed that in the trailer. I. Why do we need a remaster of a game that works in a PlayStation Five already? It's like it doesn't need to exist yet. Um, remaster PlayStation Three games and lower, definitely lower. Like, give us a proper remaster of the, the 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 Jack and Dexter games or Legend of Dragoon for the RPG fans. Why are we getting Death Stranding? It's 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 less than two years old and the game you buy that's less than two year old works on your playstation 5 it's so bizarre um while we're getting this this quickly um and i know there are fans out there there's people in the chat that are fans um just we don't need this yet we don't need this yet that's it was my problem with the resident evil games I didn't want them to get into Resident Evil 4, the remakes. I wanted them to continue on the path with things like Code Veronica before they end up going into the rest. It's just, yeah, I, I just don't understand why we need this yet. This is, it, this, this to me seems the same way that Square Enix deal with things with um, 
I remember they didn't make the money they wanted to on the original Tomb Raider reboot because their expectations were so extraordinarily higher than, than they should have been, in all honesty. So they instantly do remasters of their games as soon as the next system comes out. Um, yeah, and honestly, the improvements are bare bones. But hey, it helps them get, that, get to that number. And I think perhaps... Death Stranding didn't sell what they needed to, so instantly there's a director's cut that's come out less than two years later. It's so weird. Yeah, he's not exactly making mass market games anymore, is he? It's just it feels like he's we're just seeing him put whatever like stuff he could throw on a wall that that sticks. And it. it I mean, I, I like I like experimentation in games. Yeah, that's how you get games like Child of Eden and 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 you know eventually in Rares and stuff like that. And, and I always look at those as like the ultimate. Um, experimental games so uh yeah i mean i like the fact that it happens i just don't understand why it's coming again so quickly <laughs> yes the adventures of norman readers and his norman fetus there we go that and, and and it actually hurts me as a consumer as well because if this was a game that i loved um i would have bought it and then less than two years later there would have been a version of the game that's better than my copy just for the sake of extra sales it, 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 yeah I, i'm not a fan of this um but regardless hey people out there like it um and there's obviously going to be kojima fans that are buying this lapping this up one moment let me just check something um the death stand death stranding get ps5 upgrade you have to pay ten dollars to upgrade from ps4 to ps5 i do not un i i get uh, kojima needs needs to keep the lights on but I don't know. There's so many, um, there's so many like developers out there who are doing the free upgrade from PS4 to PS5. And like Dan says, it feels like you're almost being punished for early adoption if um, if you buy a game um, when you know the next version comes out. If anything, there should be a token in the box saying "Thank you for buying on day one." Here's a token. Should we upgrade it in the future? You get a free upgrade. It should be the other way around. There we go. I love it. I love the way the trailer looks like. It's a non-stop, non-stop action-packed game. It's quite funny. Um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to the final game they showed off, Deathloop. Now, me and Grizzly have talked about many times that we're actually very excited for Deathloop. Um, because it's been shown off so many times, and yet again, here it is. And I, you know what? This is actually putting me off the game now. Nine minutes, almost ten minutes of constant gameplay. And I'm like, you're literally just almost showing us long plays of this game now. And I am excited for it, and I am going to pick it up. But it's just like, come on, the big show. They didn't. This was their final reveal. This there was no um, one yeah. more thing. They showed ten minutes of a game that's already had about ten. Yeah, of which there was a thirty minute. It was a thirty minute showcase. They spent a third of it on this. Yeah, it was very bizarre. Um, I mean, obviously, yes, I'm excited for this game. I just didn't understand why this was their their e ticket attraction at the end of the uh, um, the state of play. Well, it's like um, I, I had a theory uh, during this, and that was that this is the last game from Bethesda coming to PS5 for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so I suppose it's a little bit of a, an, an FU to Microsoft. Yeah, and note, note that I didn't say exclusive because I believe it was originally supposed to be an exclusive, but now they've confirmed it's in fact a timed exclusive. So all of this extra focus and all this advertising being spent on a game which... You know, Sony don't really get to rub in the faces of anyone. It's it's kind of sad, to be honest. Mm -hmm. 
It's a, it's a strange one. And this is what flies in the face of that whole, you know, the, the last three games flies in the face of the whole idea that this was supposed to be some sort of indie showcase because this is Bethesda we're talking about. You know, they're a massive third-party developer. They're not exactly what you call indie. Um, and it kind of yeah. like stamps all over all of the, you know, if you're going to show extra footage from a game, show us more footage from the indie titles because those actually look like they require an explanation. Deathloop does oh, not. Like exactly the way that uh, Lost Judgment did. It's a two-minute showcase. Here's some extra things that you can do in the game. Moving on. Close to 10 minutes of a game that we've already seen so much about already. It's getting pushed in our faces so much. Um, the marketing budget for this game is astronomical. <laughs> there's, there's no real, like semblance of discovery anymore is there you know we're showing you a mission this is how the game looks to play and chances are the majority of the game is going to look like this i mean it looks neat don't get me wrong i'm I'm looking forward to giving it a go but yeah, i'm excited for it i'm not a big first person fan so the fact that it's caught my attention showcases that it's it's got a, a cool enough mechanic to to to, to grab my attention mm. uh, it's a cool idea but um <sighs> stop showing us death loop night now please Although I've got a feeling right, that's it. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. Hmm. Exciting, I suppose. <laughs> um, out of 10, the whole presentation. Oh. Thinking, guys, everyone in the chat, let us know. What do you think of the PlayStation's uh, state of play out of 10? Uh, for me, I'd. I'd struggle to push it above a four, if I'm honest. You know, how many how many reveals was there? I'd say there was about ten reveals, so I'm going to give it a point for every reveal I liked, and that was two. Fair enough. <laughs> See, see and judgment, yeah. Uh, we've got twos out of tens. We've got 3.5s, 1.2. Wow. Uh, Michael Towns just wanted Mother 3. I, I, I don't think he understands what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, shall we? Should we move on to uh, some retro news? We've got the we've got the, Why not? the current stuff out of the way. Let's talk about some retro stuff. Um, this happened recently. New retro news. A sealed copy of Super Mario 64 has just sold for 1.5 million. Almost doubling a record just set. Well, that's a bit silly. I got I paid a tenner for mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got an unboxed copy, which cost me a few quid. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of theories as to why uh, it went for so much. And for, there's a lot of prevailing things. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, up until the very moment of this podcast, we were looking up details about heritage auctions. And there's a lot of interesting stuff out there. Um, there's a, there's a, In fact, even during the podcast, I got you a image in your Discord inbox, if you want to show that, uh, Dan. Um, if anybody's interested in a, co a sealed copy of Skyrim for $600, um, it could be yours on the Heritage, Heritage Auctions website right now. It's a Wata 9.2 grade, by the way. So um, I feel as it's more speculation online, but there's a prevailing theory uh, that this was uh, a combination of both shield bidding and potential money laundering as to the reason why. It got so high. Of course, none of this can be necessarily proved until we actually have like a source in the situation. But Heritage has been known to um, be caught for this in the past and has gone through several lawsuits about shill bidding. Um, it's an interesting case, though, because I think this is the first time it's been for a major video game release like this. Something like that. It's 
it doesn't make sense because obviously, uh, and I know there's Nintendo tax that you always have to add on to these these things, but um, obviously rare games are rare because fewer games are sold. Hence why Days Before Christmas Mega Drive is worth more because less of those games were sold, blah, blah, blah. You know, the blue spines on the Japanese Mega Drive games tend to, for the most part, be a bit more expensive than the... Uh, uh, earlier games if you look up games like mickey mania lion king alien soldier they're all they're all in the triple digits because they came out later in the system's life less were sold yeah mario 64 was the most successful game for the system now that isn't now when you actually go back and look at the stats um that actually isn't a lot i mean it is in the sense that they sold 11 million copies i think the actual number was let me have a look here uh, 11 million 910 so essentially almost 12 million copies were sold for the n64 but um uh, that is the still the most successful selling game for the system most people that have an n64 have that game so yes you've got to add N- nintendo tax Yes, that's why things like Wii Sports, a packing game for the Wii, the most successful selling, uh, one of the most successful selling systems of all time, still goes for around about a tenner on eBay, which is stupid. Um, but still, 1.5 million for Super Mario 64. There is some dodgy stuff going on here because no way in hell is the most successful selling game for a system worth that much money, regardless of if it's sealed. You could sell copies of the original Mario for the NES, and it would nowhere near get anywhere near that figure. Mm. Absolutely nowhere near. There is dodgy stuff going on here. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's people in the comments talking about the sealed graders and what have you, sealed in um, games in general. They are very sporadic in terms of um, how they sell. Um, we've seen copies of Mario 64, uh, Ocarina of Time, all of these classic video games in sealed condition, selling mm-hmm. on the slab uh, for over over a grand. That's about what I would expect, you know. Um, a million is so far removed from that. It's unbelievable. It really and I have a quick question. I mean, like, I, I know I live in the UK, and a lot of the grading services that are world-renowned are based in America. However, I have never heard of WATA until today. So it leads me to believe that this is this could easily be some sort of advertising campaign. Because I've always known video game grading to be done through VGA. I mean, I mean, Chevmatic in the in the chat is saying Wata is huge, but I genuinely have never heard of them before. And I I have followed grading and sealed games for a little while. I've, I, I, just... I, I don't know. I, I, I've got zero interest in it. I, I, I want my games to look nice, but I don't care about anyone grading, so I never look it up. But uh... <laughs> mm. you know what really bothers me about that is that in that video clip, um, for the people who aren't watching, um, really, seriously, drop by the Twitch at some point. You know, know we, we have fun. Uh, like Dan has cookies and everything. Sometimes he shares them out. You really should join us over here on Twitch when you get a chance. But if you can't, we do appreciate you checking in. So thank you. Um, but what really bothers me is that there is something so much more infinitely rare in the background and it sell it's it's sold for a fraction so there's a picture of the nintendo playstation right behind the auctioneer and it says how much it sold for which is three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. there is no way a copy of mario 64 i don't care if it's a 9.8 grade on whatever scale someone conjures up in their bedroom 
there is no way that is more rare than a Nintendo PlayStation, of which there is only one known to exist. I'm sorry, that's that's history right behind her. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so absurdly bizarre, but um. Yeah, there we go. It's something that happened. Uh, there is a lot of rumours out there uh, of uh, Heritage in the past. They have actually, I've got a news link here I can quickly show up. They have tried to wipe the internet of any kind of um, uh, negative press against them uh, from back in the day. But uh, yeah, Heritage Auction Gallery's lawsuit in the news claims of fake bidders. It's essentially for anyone out there that's bidded on anything on eBay, it's so obvious what what's yeah what they're talking about here you you have someone uh like your sister or, or someone that you know constantly bidding on your item so that it pushes up the person that's uh put the highest bid in um and uh that's what is believed to have happened um uh with this particular company in the past allegedly definitely allegedly just putting that out there and because they're that type of company it's uh, believed that that sort of thing has happened again here with the selling of Mario 64 for 1.5 million. It's yeah, and like you say, right behind them, that they showed the case that they've got the Nintendo PlayStation 360,000, one of the most infamous video game consoles of all time. Yeah, um, tales, the urban legends that came true went for less than a third of the price. Ridiculous. There we go, but it happened. Yes, madness. Absolute madness. There's no way this is in any way legit. Unless someone unless someone can prove it with a, a legit receipt saying, Yeah, I quite fancied it and I'm also a, a national lottery winner who really just doesn't like money. Um I won't believe it. I won't believe it's legit. There you go. There you go. It's there's not much else to say here. It's just it's it's Barney. Absolute Barney. There we go. That's uh something that happened. Uh just like this awesome thing that also happened <laughs> uh moving over to the next topic because that just annoys me right anyway yes the awesome game that is half-life as in the original half-life has uh recently had a new easter egg discovered over 20 years later um and uh it's quite a nice little one i'm gonna play uh some footage here again for people that are watching but um did you want to explain what people are seeing here grizzly yeah, so this is on the PS2 version of Half-Life. Uh, this this one was the one that's developed by Gearbox before they did all of the crap games. Um, so in the PS2 version, um, they created a side expansion story called Decay, uh, which saw you playing as two female uh, Black Mesa recruits, um, Gina and Colette, as they performed some missions uh, during the you know the the event. Um, so what you're seeing here is that there's, um, a way to force the ending cinematic to go through a viewpoint, which was originally not intended. And if you do so, um, there's a sparking computer and, um, it's has those sparks actually spell out the initials of, uh, Matt Armstrong. So it says MA in the sparks. If you pause them at a certain point. And it's just one of those things that I just thought was really cool because the very first Easter egg, as everyone knows, is Adventure Atari, where the the initials of the developer was found in a secret room. So it's just nice to see that these kind of things still happened 
in the in the two thousands. You know, it's yeah. just a fun little fun little Easter egg that someone's found. Um, and it's you know, considering it's Half Life as well, it was a good excuse to uh, stick Gordon Freeman on a thumbnail. So I'm not going to complain there either. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yep, yep, absolutely. And uh, here's a little bit of a um, demonstration of one of the other games uh, put out there by that guy you said, Matt Armstrong. Yeah. And he's put uh, his signature in other games as well that he's, he's worked on. So, yeah, it's, it's a genuine thing. And uh, 20 years later, we finally found it. He's still at it, That's yeah. So the, the other game, by the way, for people listening, it was Team Fortress Classic. Um, so he's been known to pay, paste his uh, little... Uh, initials everywhere and it's always the same signature that's how you know it's definitely him so yeah neat very neat very neat um which brings us uh very quickly actually it was a nice quick topic yeah. over to our next uh uh topic which is sega's lost um judgment yes potentially last judgment um as we alluded to earlier so there's a bit of a uh, a legal snafu going on, and quite funny that this is all about um, you know a lawyer going around fighting on the mean streets of, of uh, Japan. Um, mm-hmm. So the talent agency that represents, and I'm going to try. I, I can see why you did this, Dan. So you wanted to see me butcher some Japanese names. Um, <laughs> so Takura uh, Takuya Kimura, um, who yeah. plays Takiyaki, Takayuki Yagami who the the lead character of the judgment series um his yeah. talent agency humorously called Johnny's um is refusing to let a PC release of the judgment series happen um and the reason seems to be well there's various reasons um apparently the talent agency is a bit of a bit on the traditional side they actually refuse um, to post any of the images of their talents up on uh, on the internet, and uh, well, at least that used to be the case. So, seeing um, seeing this kind of restriction over in the over in the West for a video game that's clearly available online and can be viewed on pretty much any platform, that's uh, I, I don't see really how they could have like expected it to be any different. But apparently, yeah. um, the reason Very why this funny. Yeah, it's very, very old school. But apparently the reason this all came to light was because of the Google Stadia version, the Stadia version. Apparently they had agreed on the Stadia, but the management of Johnny's didn't understand what Stadia really was. Um, So not realizing that it would in fact make the game playable on the PC. And as since then, um, the guys over at Sega and... Johnny's, sorry, I'm never going to get sick of saying that name. Um, Sega and Johnny's have not been able to come to some sort of agreement to make Judgment um, a viable uh, viable uh, product for Steam on PC, which really does hamper things quite a lot for Sega, um, almost to the point where they're stating that this, this could potentially be the last Judgment game in the series. Because they'd be missing out on a ton of yeah, vital yeah. sales, yeah. Painful, mm. painful, and I don't see. And I know, I know, I'm a bit of a Sega fanboy, but I don't see how this is their fault. <laughs> like, yeah, if Johnny didn't realize this in the first place, why, like, can they kick off about it now, going to Sega uh, or any video game company and and, and allowing their, their 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 talent to go on in, in a game that would 
so obviously be spread in, in, in that particular way. It's it's a really, really bizarre hiccup that I don't I don't recognize. I don't think this has ever happened before, to, not to my knowledge. Yeah. So from what I understand, there's a, there's there's several good reasons. So as more as as the story like develops a bit more, I'm finding you know, I'm trying to get into the mindset of a talent agency that does not want their talent to be seen. Um, because that's how it seems on the external viewpoint. And if you take that viewpoint, I can fully understand why. Um, but in this case, some of it somewhat makes sense. So we see um, one of the reasons I saw is because uh, Takura, uh, Takuya Kimura uh, was originally in a boy band. Um, sorry, the company behind is not just called Johnny's. It's Johnny and Associates, a talent agency from 1987. Oh. But yeah, they apparently they've been referred to as Johnny's before. Um, apparently, Kimura was in a boy band and as part of a group called SMAP, um, who was quite big in Japan, you know, at one point. And one of the biggest uh, fears of seeing like a star like uh, Kimura in on, you know, in a physical in a digital form is the potential for graffiti in a way and we know what kind of graffiti we're talking about we're talking about modifications where you know Kimura's head could be seen in uncompromising positions this is the kind of things that they conjure in conjure to justify the reason why they they're, they're stopping for pc games and to be honest that it's not too far from the truth when you look at um when you look at the modding community and what they've done by putting Kimura in um in Yakuza, for example, you know, people are able to. That's a, a, a model of Kimura that doesn't exist on the PC platform already. So you can imagine what that what people would do if he did, did exist. And it kind of reminds me of what happens with uh, Elliot Page um, in Beyond Two Souls, if we remember what happened there, where there happened to be a. Um, there happened to be like a fully modeled nude model, which was completely against the wishes of the, of the actor in question. And, uh, it, it got leaked because someone managed to hack the, the camera angle. You can totally see why, um, a slightly out of date per, uh, standpoint would be kind of scared of how their talent would be portrayed. It could potentially damage the, the image of their talent completely so you know somewhat protective in that regard mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it's interesting it, it, it just feels out of uh out of um yeah just it's just it, weird it, it's a very very unique and bizarre situation for sega uh to be in it, yeah it's it's so so obscure but um uh, unfortunately, um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it from a very Western point of view, I suppose. Um, but when these sort of uh, ransoms get put up, it's because obviously they want more money uh, for something that's definitely blowing up on a worldwide scale. Um, and um, you think that's what they're trying to do. But I'm also thinking, yeah, I think this could genuinely be them mistaking, not realizing that this is the sort of path a, a, a game would go down. It just, it just seems so obvious. But again, maybe that's because I'm a gamer. Um, there we go. There we go. It, it's odd. It's odd. There we go. There we go. So uh, yeah, I think we'll uh, end it there, shall we? Yeah, I think I think that's good. 
thanks for listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us, then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on Discord at discord.gg forward slash Slopes Game Room. And until next time, guys, this is DJ Slope signing out, and hopefully I'll see you all next time.